Welcome to the Still Study Podcast, episode number 35, Saturday, February 5th, 2022. I am your host here, Jeremy Ritz. Super grateful that you're joining me for another Still Study Podcast. We're creeping up on a year in April that this still study will have been alive. And I am tremendously grateful that you're part of this process with me here on the show with the site. It does mean the world to me. So thank you for being a supporter. Got a great show planned for you today. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl and how potentially they could fit into the Steelers fans. I'm very much looking forward to that game to see these guys perform, forecast out potentially what they could provide to the Steelers and which prospect may have the best chance of ending up in the black and gold. We're also going to talk about the upcoming NFL draft that will kick off in April and which positions they're most likely to draft in those first three rounds. Going to take a little look at next year's schedule in terms of those quarterbacks that the team will be facing, especially now that Tom Brady has retired. What does that do in terms of strengths of quarterbacks this team will be facing? And then finally, we'll take a look at some of the changes in terms of the coaching staff as there has been a lot of movement. And then I'll close out with a little fun exercise just in terms of percentages of the likelihood of certain things happening in relation to the draft, and we will close out episode number 35. But again, my gratitude to you for joining me here today. Would love to connect with you. We can connect three ways. First, you can comment directly on the articles right at the bottom of the page. You could drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Or you can give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. Drop me a line, feedback, comment, a question. And every Saturday, I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag edition of the study session where I get your question, comments, and feedback on the show. And that is the show. You drive the show. You are the show. So keep the questions, keep the feedback, keep the comments coming because you make that show happen. And you can check that out. That is up on the site this weekend's edition of that. I'd also like to bring attention to the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. Our podcast is called The Still City Insider Podcast. Right now, we're on a schedule where we are probably going to be recording every other week, being that it's the offseason. But Jim is super insightful and knowledgeable about the Pittsburgh Steelers, having covered them since 1995. So you don't want to miss that show, what Jim has to offer. It's a lot of fun working with him. So check that out. It is linked in the show notes. And so this week has been a special week because it's been Senior Bowl practices. And because the Steelers brass is in full effect in attendance at the practices in Mobile, Alabama, Mike Tomlin has been there, 
Kevin Colbert has been there. Art Rooney, number two, has been there. Mike Salvin, quarterbacks coach, Matt Canada. So the, the collective is out. They are out, and they are scoping out these quarterbacks. Obviously, they're looking at the other players that are available. I have not seen any reference to any of the defensive coaching staff being there. I'm sure they are. But we know that they're paying very close attention to this year's quarterback class and who's available. And it's a pretty deep class that will be showcasing their talents and abilities in the Senior Bowl game. Names like Malik Willis out of Liberty, Sam Howell, University of North Carolina, Desmond Ritter, University of Cincinnati, Kenny Pickett, University of Pittsburgh, Carson Strong, University of Nevada, and Bailey Zappi, Western Kentucky University. So these are the the six guys that are going to get an opportunity to showcase what they can do in this collegiate all-star game. I don't mention Matt Corral because he's a junior. He's not in this contest, but the Steelers contingent is on hand to see these players. They all have different skill sets. Starting with Willis, there's reports that Mike Tomlin is infatuated with him. Willis being that threat of a runner, someone who could be a home run hitter, has great acceleration, and on top of that has a cannon for an arm. You want to talk about athleticism and mobility at the quarterback position? Willis is definitely all of that. The questions surrounding him, as really a lot of these young guys, is how does that translate to the NFL game? Can he pick up a complex NFL offense and NFL system and adapt his strengths and talents? But for sure, if he is able to put it all together, he could be a very dynamic player. Sam Howell is a nice combination of that running threat and also a passer who can hit NFL throws. He's not an exceptional runner, but he is an effective runner. He's got great mobility, can throw a nice deep ball. He has been rumored to the Steelers since this fall when there were scouts that went down to see him. I think there was actually a report that Kevin Colbert was vetting him out during the college football season. Then you have a guy like Desmond Ritter, bigger guy, 6'3", 215, also a dual threat, can run. Decently fast, has a strong arm, can launch the ball. He's a winner. He got his small school team, University of Cincinnati, into the college football playoff. They played against Alabama, so he's been in big-time situations. That game didn't have a great outcome for Cincinnati, but the fact that they were there says a lot about his competitiveness, his ability to elevate his team. Has some issues with accuracy, but again, all these guys are going to have some warts coming out of college. Kenny Pickett, if you live in Pittsburgh, if you're from Pittsburgh, or even if you're from Pittsburgh and you don't live in Pittsburgh now, like myself, you know who Kenny Pickett is out of Pitt. 
The city loves this guy. He's gritty. He's got an edge to him. He's a competitor. Probably played in an offense that is that translates best to the NFL. Has a decently strong arm, not an elite arm. Has mobility. He's complete. There are some knocks on him that he is at his peak. What you see with him is what you're going to get. That there won't be much growth beyond that, which I'll take exception to that. I'll take exception to anyone who's going to come out and say with finality that this is specifically who one of these quarterbacks are. Because I've said it before, if there's one area where... NFL teams struggle in evaluating talent and forecasting what can be produced. It's at the quarterback position. There are so many factors that go into that. Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky, small school, but the dude just lit up the record books in terms of passing this year. 62 passing touchdowns broke Joe Burrow's record. Just a glut of passing yards. But again, the knock on him playing at a smaller school is not a very big guy. He's mobile. Can he do that against NFL defenses? He'll get an opportunity this weekend. And then you have Carson Strong, who doesn't have that mobility that the Steelers team is looking for. But the Steelers organization did speak to him at the Senior Bowl practices. Has the strongest arm probably of any quarterback in this class can throw strikes down the field, but he has a lingering knee injury, which he says is all healed up and better, but his mobility really is limited, and I don't know if he is realistically on the Steelers' radar for this year's draft. So you have those six guys who are going to get an opportunity this weekend with some of their colleagues who are also going to be entering the draft. And we'll see what they're able to do. And, you know, really, yeah, it's not a postseason football or it's not a big-time college football rivalry game, but there's a lot of pressure on these players to step up and perform because their draft stock is going to be tied to how they perform. So there's, there is a lot of pressure on these guys. You're going to see who elevates, rises up when the heat is on, when the pressure is on, and you're going to see who folds and crumbles. So you can rest assured that NFL talent evaluators, coaching staffs are looking closely at this game to see how these players respond in this pressure pressure situation. And that will play in to how they view these prospects in terms of whether or not teams can see them as being part of their organizations moving forward. And you best believe the Steelers are going to be drawing conclusions on that as well. Now, is there anything to give us indication of whom the Steelers would select out of those aforementioned quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl? And the answer is no. It's just entirely too early. But I think after this game we may have a little better understanding of how this quarterback class will shake out in terms of position of where they will be drafted, whether it's the first round, whether it's 
the second round, where at in the first round, where at in the second round. We'll get, start to get an idea following this game. And truly, any of these players, you could envision being Pittsburgh Steelers, except maybe Carson Strong because of his limited mobility and the team wanting to prioritize that, and Bailey Zappi because he's probably more of your backup guy. I don't know if he's going to get an opportunity to be a starter, but again, I'm not going to cut this kid's potential short, but I think if we're being realistic in how we look at this, Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, those are four quarterbacks that truly are on the Steelers' radar. You see a lot of different ways those prospects are ranked in terms of how they will be drafted this year. A lot of boards have Kenny Pickett as being the top-ranked quarterback. Malik Willis behind him. If you're factoring in Matt Corral, he's the number two guy. Then it's Willis. Then it's Howell. Then it's Ritter. And a lot of what I've been reading from pundits out there with their mock drafts, they're putting Ritter in the early second round, which I think is kind of late. I don't think he'll make it that far. I think all of these guys get drafted in the first round just because teams value the quarterback position so much. Teams are trying to find that franchise guy. There's no way he's going to last that long. And if the Steelers truly do have a quarterback that they're in love with, that they want to be a part of their team, then the question you have to ask is if they are slated to go in the first 10 picks or within the first 15 picks, are they willing to make a trade to move up? Let's say that Kenny Pickett's their guy and they have to move up five spots to get in position to draft him to avoid him from being taken. If that's their guy, they're going to do what they need to do to make it happen. Same for any of these guys in this class. So, again, it's fun talking about quarterback and this Pittsburgh Steelers team in 2022 because it is the start of a new era. For so long, it's been Ben Roethlisberger. This is exciting because it's a chance for this team to develop a new identity And this is the starting off point here in the Senior Bowl this weekend. The next thing I wanted to talk about today on episode 35 of the Still Study Podcast is continuing in the theme of the NFL draft. And really, I'm looking at the first three rounds here. And if you're following the site closely, you know I've, you know I've put out my positional analysis for the entire team 
offense, defense, special teams. I've identified the priorities where the Steelers need to focus their attention in the draft and free agency, and I have it narrowed down to offensive line, defensive line, quarterback, and middle linebacker. So this next exercise that I've been working through and thinking through is how do the Steelers prioritize that in terms of their first three draft picks? And I say their first three draft picks because really, if you're going to find guys who can come in and contribute right away, those are the rounds that you have to find them. Now, that's not to say that you can't find guys rounds four through seven who can come in and contribute immediately because we see that all the time. But in terms of the data, what evidence says over the years, if you look at the history of the NFL draft, the players you get in the first, second, and third rounds are those guys that are going to contribute. So if we look at that, and we acknowledge that you have a need at quarterback. You have a need at the offensive and defensive line. You have a need at middle linebacker. Which way do they go? And so <laughs> this is tough. And a lot of it is going to be situational. And what I mean by that is which players are left on the board when the Steelers are selecting at 20. That's going to weigh heavily into their decision. And the other thing that I talked about earlier is if there is a player that they're in love with that they have to move up the board to get, then all bets are off the table. But let's just say for the purpose of this exercise that they stay put at pick 20, where are they going to go? So, Here's my rationale. They're looking for a replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. That doesn't mean he is going to come in and start right away. More than likely what happens this season is Mason Rudolph's going to get the first five or six games. If he's playing well, he's going to continue to play. If he's not, it opens the door for whichever rookie they select in the first round. So, yes, I'm saying right now where I see this team going is quarterback in the first round. The Steelers have a need at this position. You can't put your stock in Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins or even a mid-tier veteran free agent that I do believe they will bring in this offseason. You've got to bring in a young, talented guy. And you've got to do that at pick 20. So I think their first pick this year is going to be quarterback. So now that still leaves offensive line. It leaves defensive line. It leaves middle linebacker still on the table. And here's my rationale moving forward for these positions. Because this is such a deep offensive line class, you could probably find a guy in the second round who can come in and start year one at one of those interior guard positions. 
which would then allow you to bring someone else in via free agency. And because it is such a deep draft in terms of offensive line, you can maybe pick up some talent in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Not saying that those guys are going to step in and start, but they could be developmental players who could give you some snaps, maybe a swing tackle. But I think you look second round at your offensive line. Your third round pick. You've got to start replenishing that defensive line. A lot's going to depend on what happens with Stefan Tuitt. Tyson Alulu already said he's coming back, but again, how healthy can he stay? Cameron Hayward is another year older. Defensive line is a position where it's difficult to come in and immediately contribute and start. But I would say third round, you can get a talented player who can come in, learn the ropes, get some spot duty, gain some experience, and then have time to develop. Or if there's a middle linebacker there, you go that route. But I would try to find someone in free agency for for middle backer. But again, my first three picks... The way I see it now. But again, everything is so dependent on how the draft board falls, which players are off the board. That's going to determine everything. But right now, the way I would prioritize things in terms of what the needs of this team are, based on my evaluation of the positions, I'm going quarterback with my first pick, offensive line with my second pick, a guy who can come in and start. My third round pick is going to be a defensive lineman to start grooming a player who will have to step in for possibly to it down the road. Now, louder milk is developing, but you've got to have more pieces there at the D-line. Then from there, four through seven, you got to hit middle backer. You need some safety depth. You need some corner depth. Possibly look at, again, another offensive lineman, maybe two, another guard, possibly a tackle. But then here's where things get really crazy. Let's say that Juju Smith-Schuster doesn't resign. Now they have an additional need that you have to prioritize and put up there with O-line, D-line, middle backer, and quarterback. And that's wide receiver. Because if you're going to go in with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool as your staples, that's just not enough. You're going to have to sign a veteran free agent. But then you're also going to have to prioritize in the draft. And that could shake things up. So again, it's so early right now to really have a clearly laid out plan. But as it stands today, that's where I see those priorities being. If I'm forced to make a decision, pick 20 in the first round, quarterback, second round, offensive line, third round, defensive line. 
There's a lot of work for this team to do. There's a lot of personnel moves that have to be made before we have a better sense of what they're going to do in the draft. And these are exciting times. Scary times, uncertain times as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. This episode is somewhat turning into the quarterback episode. And since we're on the topic of quarterbacks, with Tom Brady's retirement, it made me think of the schedule for next year and the quarterbacks that this team's going to be facing. So the Steelers are going to play Tampa Bay next year in Pittsburgh. And I thought that that would be a reunion of sorts where Brady would come back and light up the defense for a boatload of yards and touchdowns, but that's not going to happen now. But what does that slate of quarterbacks look like that the Steelers will be facing starting September of next year? Well, the obvious within the division, you have Lamar Jackson twice. He was banged up all year, so you have to think he's going to be healthy, healthier and playing at a higher level. There's questions of whether or not the Ravens are going to pick up his fifth-year option. Something we have to all get used to and brace ourselves for for the next 10 to 15 years is playing Joe Burrow twice a year. That's no easy feat. Get a little dose of Mac Jones from the Patriots, which, eh, he showed some promise rookie year. Josh Allen. That dude's a stud. And let me just point out, in college at Wyoming, he was, the big knock on him was that his accuracy was just deplorable. Even his first few seasons in the NFL, and then he turned it around. So keep that in mind as you look at this group of quarterbacks that is facing a lot of criticism entering this year's draft. Derek Carr. They'll get a shot at him, Carson Wentz. So those are the notable names in terms of quarterbacks next season that the Steelers team will face. Thank God there's no Patrick Mahomes there. Although Joe Burrow and what his Bengals did to the Steelers twice this season, Steelers have to be ready to face that unit next year and for many years after. So while we're anticipating a lot of personnel changes in terms of players, there's also been, there also will be changes from a coaching standpoint, defensive coordinator, general manager, offensive line coach, and none of these positions have been filled yet. There's been a lot of speculation around who's going to take these spots. Starting with Keith Butler, who was the first name revealed As not moving forward with the team in 2022, he retired. We don't know if that's a real retirement that Butler wanted to go or if this was a wink, wink, nod, nod retirement that Rooney said, hey, retire or be fired. We don't know that. But 
the speculation is that Terrell Austin is going to be his replacement, though we haven't seen anything about that. And it's kind of puzzling that that position hasn't been filled yet. I don't know if they're doing their due diligence here or what's happening with that spot if they have somebody else in mind with Brian Flores fired out of Miami there has been talk that potentially he could end up in Pittsburgh but there's a lot of controversy surrounding that exit and his accusations right now I don't know if the Steelers would want to bring that chaos within their organization but it looks like the likely replacement is Austin but again no update on that Kevin Colbert is going to be with the team as general manager until after the draft I asked Jim Wexel about this on our podcast earlier this week and about that timing and he said that because I thought it was rather curious but as he pointed out to me for GMs the draft is like their Super Bowl that's what they work all year towards so this is his final hurrah which is why he's sticking around and then whomever will pick up after that and it's either going to be Brandon Hunt or Omar Khan we don't know yet Omar interviewed with the Bears he did not get that spot but that candidate's going to come in house and then Chris Morgan, who took over as the offensive line coach after Adrian Clem returned to Oregon during the season, he took a job with the Chicago Bears. And the Steelers are currently without an offensive line coach. The desire is to have Mike Munchak return. I think that's the sentiment among Steelers fans everywhere. Vic Fangio was fired in Denver. It doesn't look like Munchak's going to return to Denver. So the hope and desire is is that he comes to Pittsburgh, whether or not that's even a possibility or if that becomes a reality, that is unknown at this point. And another name being thrown out there is Doug Marone as the next potential offensive line coach. But again... We're waiting to see some finality brought to those openings and who will be named to take over those spots. That should be coming relatively soon. And then the last part of today's podcast, episode 35 here, I just got some draft questions. Again, just going through some exercises as we move further along in this offseason, again, a lot of work to be done, a lot of studying to be done yet, a lot of evaluation that has to take place, the combine, pro days. And I may revisit these exercises throughout this offseason. Basically, what I'm looking at here is the following. Percentage likelihood that the Steelers trade up in the first round for a player percentage likelihood that they trade down in the first round to acquire some more picks percentage likelihood that they trade out of the first round for additional picks 
the percentage likelihood that they trade their pick for a player or picks and then the percentage likelihood that they trade players for picks. So let's let's run down through this. So trading up in the first round percentage. This is all going to be dictated by whether or not there's a player they are absolutely in love with. I'm going to reference this quarterback class again. If they are in love with Malik Willis, they believe he's the guy. If they are in love with Kenny Pickett and they believe he's the guy, and if they know there's a team out there at 15, 16, 17, who is quarterback needy, that they feel they have to jump in front of, if they believe that this is a franchise-altering move, they'll trade up. They've showed it before. Is it likely? I wouldn't say that it's likely. I'm going to say the percentage right now, 35%. 35% chance that they would make such move. Still too much evaluation that needs to take place around these players. Percentage likelihood that they trade down. So from 20 down to 25, 30, I'm going to say zero. They have their draft board. They stick with it. I don't see this happening. They'll make their selection at 20 or they'll trade up. Better chance they trade up than than them trading down. Percentage likelihood that they trade out of the first round. Zero. I don't see this happening either. I know you could acquire more picks. But there's going to be a player at 20 that they have their eyes on. And I do believe that they'll make a selection at the 20th overall pick. Percentage likelihood that they trade picks for a player. This is getting into the whole Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, all that kind of nonsense. They're not making a big-time trade like that. That's just too much that they'd have to give up. You could maybe see some picks in a future draft given up for some guys on the back end of an NFL roster, but that's it. I wouldn't say anything of substance here. Put 20% on that. And then finally, trading players for picks, percentage likelihood. So trading Steelers currently on the roster for picks. I could see that happening just so they could beef up their draft arsenal and not for early rounds, but maybe fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounders. Maybe they have a guy that they're willing to unload for some draft capital. I could see that happening. I'm going to say 60%. Likelihood there. So there you have it. Just kind of where I currently stand here in terms of the draft. Again, much, much more evaluation to go on this. And that's kind of signals where the study is heading now for these next several weeks on the site. So we've done the positional analysis. I've identified those essential needs by position. The next thing I'm going to do is start taking a look at free agency for the team. I've addressed that in those positional evaluations, but I want to have some specific research done on 
Steelers free agents and then also who's available at the positions the Steelers have needs. That'll be coming. You're going to see a lot of those draft prospect cheat sheets. Again, especially looking at guys available in the later rounds. And then we'll push back up into the early rounds. So expect to see a lot of that. And basically, I'm doing my homework and my research to know as many prospects as I can so I can make informed decisions about where they will go in this year's NFL draft. And so I can bring that all to you so you can be informed and educated about your Pittsburgh Steelers and the future of this team. So be on the lookout for some free agent analysis, lots of draft prospect cheat sheets coming your way, and mock draft season. I was going to have my initial mock draft this past Friday. It's still too early. I'm not ready to to put anything out there yet. But next Friday, I will have my first mock draft. That gives some more information that can be gleaned from the Senior Bowl. So my first mock draft, very excited about it, will be available next Friday. That will be included in the Still Study podcast. Check that out. There will also be an article about that mock draft, and I'll have to determine how frequently I'm going to do a mock, if I'm going to do it weekly up to the draft, if it's going to be bi-weekly, but be on the lookout for that because that is coming. But I want to thank you so much for joining me for episode number 35 of the Still Study Podcast. It truly does mean the world to me that you are a supporter, that you listen, that you read, that you share. This is a lot of fun for me. Coming up on one year, the birthday, one year old of the Still Study. This is my passion project and you supporting it really does mean everything to me. So if you can continue to share it and promote it to your family and friends, I will continue to be appreciative and grateful. So thank you so much. I love you guys. You beautiful, beautiful studians. Let's connect. You can drop me a line one of three ways. Comment directly on the articles. Send me an email at thestillstudy at gmail.com. Send me a message on Twitter. You could DM me or just at me. would love to connect with you. Remember, every Saturday I do the Steelers Saturday Mailbag where you drive the content of the show. So let's make that happen. Also check out the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site, The Still City Insider. That podcast is The Still City Insider Podcast. We have an adjusted off-season schedule. It's going to be every other week. Check that out. Jim's super insightful, covering the team since 1995. You don't want to miss that. And again, just be paying close attention to the study. A lot of content coming your way. And also be ready for sessions every day, trying to go seven days a week. So you are prepared for this year's draft. And I hope you have an amazing, amazing weekend. Enjoy your family and friends. 
Take some time to pause, relax, reflect on where you are in life, and flip on that senior ball. I believe it starts at 2.30 Eastern time. And I will see you next week talking mock draft for your Steelers on the Steel Study Podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone. Peace.